Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and we are back. Uh, today, we are going to start a new book series um, about King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, written by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. And this is another sort of male psyche exploratory uh, type book, similar to Iron John, uh, but from a different perspective. I, uh, I do think it's very good and something that most men should probably read or familiarize themselves with. Um, self-described as an exploratory survey of the implications of research done for understanding the male psyche uh, based on a series of lectures given at the C.G. Young, that's Carl Young, Institute of Chicago. And the, the book itself goes into what it believes is uh, responsible for the disintegration of the family unit, as well as describing the differences between boy psychology and male psychology. And they break these down to the archetypes, the same ones that are on the cover of the book, with the boy psychology forming the base for the uh, adult male psychology in fact, the book itself describes them as pyramids that sit on top of each other. So not to say that the boy psychology is bad in quotation marks, right? It's just something that should be outgrown as, uh, you know, you age and become a man. So let's get started here. Uh, they actually believed here that one of the things responsible for the disintegration of the family unit is the lack of grown male psychology, uh, which we've sort of covered before on previous episodes that have to deal with uh, masculinity as a whole, what I call whole masculinity or proper masculinity and not boy uh, behavior or the quote unquote toxic masculinity, which uh, I don't actually believe to be masculinity. It's just males behaving badly, uh, but with no rituals for the boys to become men. This is another book that agrees uh, that there has to be some sort of introduction into adult malehood uh, that you can grow and become a man by age, but not in personality and willingness to take on the responsibilities and to act in a proper way, right? Boy psychology includes violent acting out, passivity and weakness, inability to act effectively and creatively in one's own life, and often the oscillation between victim and abuser mindsets. Also like Iron John, they agree that the society at large does not foster uh, full male psychology and states that the way to a healthier, more whole society uh, is for men to reconnect with the adult true versions of masculinity. And this uses a little bit different imagery, less storytelling, um, and more of the talks about the research that Carl Jung had done and what people had done after the fact is sort of delving into what they call the collective unconsciousness, um, sort of a base that exists in all people. And as far as the, the male thought process goes, the book breaks it down into sections, starting with the boy versions and then moving on to what they call the male versions. So however long it takes to get through this, this is what it takes. And hearing this broken down 
uh, by people who have done the research in it in a different way may help people connect to the the truths that they might have missed in uh, the Iron John series because it was told as an allegorical story. So the book itself starts out with a, a tale of initiation and how boys cannot initiate themselves into manhood but need the older, wiser men to help them sort of rein in uh, some of their boy psychology and uh, be introduced into what it means to be a man in that society. Uh, like Iron John, it also mentions that tribal societies had a plan for this, um, and it's even depicted in a movie. They list the Emerald Forest, and it has an initiation scene where they have to kill the boy so that the man can surface, so that he is mentally ready to take on a man's responsibility in that society. And all life truly uh, moves along these lines, where you start out with less experience, less knowledge, and you gain more experience, more knowledge, and with that experience and knowledge comes the freedom to behave uh, as you wish as an adult, right? But with the, the freedom and the knowledge comes the responsibility to act like an adult. Uh, you enjoy the, the joys, the rights, the freedoms to do what you want, but you also need to behave yourself as an upstanding member of that society, someone who can take care of themselves, and then someone willing to nurture others. In fact, that is one of the big claims this book makes, that the big difference between boy psychology and male psychology is boy psychology seeks to dominate. Uh, it seeks to wound others and itself, while male psychology is generative, not destructive, and it seeks to protect, not wound. And that the majority of our societal problems today are driven by, and I quote, archetypal patterns gone awry, skewed into the negative by disastrous encounters with living people in the outer world. That is, in most cases, by inadequate or hostile parents, uh, manifest in our lives as crippling psychological problems. If our parents were, as psychologist D.W. Winnicott says, good enough, then we are unable to experience and access the inner blueprints for human relations in a positive way. Sadly, many of us, perhaps the majority, did not receive good enough parenting. As to many other things we talked about before, the lack of males in homes and what that does to boys and how more and more men have been born to uh, single family homes and have not had access to a strong masculine moral model. Or if you did, uh, as I mentioned previously, they work so far away from the home and when they get home didn't really have the energy or time left for active fathering. And with the differences in our societies from, let's say, 1950 to today, uh, and men just not having to be as, as grounded in masculinity, willing to stand up for themselves, willing to act properly, because women were barely more than property at that point, could not work or make their own funds. Hell, in certain places, you couldn't even sign a fucking lease without a man. Uh, so obviously, you don't have to be that good of a man when, frankly, where's you going to go? And this school of thought believes that these archetypes that we're going to get to are these blueprints that people are sort of born with are the explanation for all the same imagery and stories that happen all across the globe. Every culture has their own version of the hero's journey and generally the really popular movies or books like Harry Potter or the Star Wars, the original saga, they all follow this same journey where you have a young apprentice who is called to action. He finds a mentor who helps change him from what he was to what he needs to be, is then forced to take a step into a dangerous um, unknown situation, even if he may not be ready, he or she may not be ready at the time. 
learns a lesson and then brings that information, that knowledge back to the tribe to share for the future generations. Uh, you may have some modifications with what sort of things happen in the story, but they follow this same particular structure. So the, the book itself posits that if as men we can connect to the adult versions of, of these archetypes instead of the boy versions, uh, then we can live more full, more healthier, more balanced lives. And you're going to want to think of these um, as a pyramid because that's how they describe it in the book. So at the top of the pyramid, you have the archetype in its fullness or uh, the most embodied positive way, the healthiest way. And at the bottom, you have two separate poles of the archetype in its shadow side. One being a passive sort of uh, negative place to be and one being an active sort of negative place to be. And uh, depending on your development as a child, you may end up stuck in one of these shadow places based on if to lash out and fight worked for you as far as a survival coping mechanism or trying to make yourself as small as possible was the way that you got through uh, the early years of life when you were absolutely dependent on your parents. So we have four main archetypes for both boy and man behavior and each of those has those two poles like we talked about. The boy parts are not destroyed when integrated but can be thought of as the base from which man psychology is built. So we start here with the divine child and the divine child is the first of the, the boy energies, right? And it represents the starting of something new, but at the start of something new, uh, it's always a little weak and sometimes needs protection. Uh, they draw allegories between the, the story of baby Jesus needing to hide as well as the story of, uh, of Moses needing to hide. You also find a similar story in the great Mesotomian king, Sargon of Akkad. Um, also, you have a similar story in baby Krishna and the baby Dionysus. The book itself then goes on to share various stories and dreams that men have where they will be in these sessions when they start to get a little bit better, start to integrate themselves a little bit more, and they start to remember these childhood stories or uh, feelings they had, things they had forgotten from about when they were six or seven or so, um, and the whole world was open to them. How there was a yearning for, for newness, for life, how everything was new, and there was an inner sense of, of peace and harmony. Also, um, at this time, you also know that the world sort of revolves or feels like it revolves around you because you do a lot of crying. <laughs> And your parents come through and, you know, fix what's wrong with you most of the time. You know, if you need to be fed, they find your food. If you need to be changed, they change your diaper. They say that Freud talked about it as the id, as the hidden superiority complex that covers our real sense of vulnerability, weakness, and inferiority. Uh, remember, uh, children think that they are the center of the universe and they have all this power, but that is obviously not the actual case of what goes on. Uh, babies are very fragile and are entirely reliant on their parents or whoever's taking care of them for all of the things that go on in their lives. So when this uh, energy is properly accessed, they believe it keeps you young at heart, right? That's where that saying sort of comes from, that willingness to find and express uh, yourself, that newness in your life, right? Not to let things get stale. Now, the two shadow poles on this are the high chair tyrant and the weakling prince. So we will start with the high chair tyrant. 
So the high chair tyrant is exactly what it sounds like. It believes itself to be the center of the universe, but when its parents try to meet its needs, the attempt is never good enough. The food is either too hot or too cold, too sweet or too sour. Um, people who give in to the limitless child demands uh, without setting any sort of boundaries, you sort of end up with this type of behavior. Characteristics of the high chair tyrant include arrogance, childishness, and irresponsibility. In essence, the high chair tyrant needs to learn that he is not the center of the universe and that the universe does not exist to fulfill his every need, or better put, his limitless needs, his pretensions to godhood. That the world will nurture you, you can get what you want, but you're not going to get everything you want in the way that you want it all the time. It just doesn't work that way. This type of behavior um, in adult males can be seen as the story of a promising leader, uh, the CEO, the person who has a high rise but then shoots themselves into the foot, uh, someone who gets power and then starts to wield it like a club over people, the person who wants only yes men. Um, in fact, you've seen this in history where King Louis XVI of France lost his head because of arrogance. Uh, this sort of psychology can also lead to perfection. Uh, a man who expects the impossible of himself and berates himself, just as his mother did, uh, when he can't meet the demands of the infant within. Uh, someone who pressures themselves for more and more and better performance and is never satisfied with any result, even when the result is good. Um, it can also be said that this type of person uh, wants things to come to him without having to work for it, right? You have the CEO who wants to sit in an office and enjoy the perks, but never really lead the company, you have the artist who wants to be admired, but without having to do any work worth being admired for. Uh, he sits in his high chair and is just ready to be served. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. Hey, so we have all heard that knowledge is power. So if knowledge is power, access and the ability to digest that knowledge is a superpower. Uh, however, not all of us have time to sit and read at the end of the day in our busy lives full of hustle and bustle. We are always on the move and in the middle of working long hours, trying to get things done, working on side projects, or frankly, just taking care of yourself and your family. You may not have time to sit down and read. And that's why I love Audible. Audible allows you to take advantage of those transition moments like the gym, like your drive to work, like cooking, to install new knowledge that you did not have before to help take you from where you are now to where you want to be. There are thousands of titles available on Audible, including bestsellers like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is Away, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and others. Start your 30-day trial today and your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash truempodcast to get started. That's Audible Trial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-L dot com slash true, T-R-U-E-M-P podcast. And now back to the show. All right. And on the uh, the other side of the pyramid, the other shadow is called the weakling prince. So basically the polar opposite of the high chair tyrant. Uh, this is the kid who needs to be called all the time and has very little personality or enthusiasm for life. 
uh, the type of person that sort of mopes around or the type of kid who sort of mopes around is really sad and tries to draw people into uh, fixing him through that that sadness, right? The That woe is me attitude that they hope will bring them attention. Uh, everybody has sort of interacted with someone like this at some point in their lives where they seem to just want to mope around and just try to draw you into asking, well, what's wrong with you? That shit's just tiring uh, to deal with. Anyway, this is, uh, as a boy, this is the kid who needs to be coddled, uh, who rarely joins in in children's games and has few friends. He doesn't do well in school, and he is frequently hypochondrical. Uh, his slightest wish is his parents' command. Um, the entire family system revolves around his comfort. However, when he does not get his way, instead of actually being helpless, they sling insults at people, right, to try to punish them, to make them feel sad, like this is your sort of fault, that the person... Um, is like this. Funnily enough, they try to use this sense of weakness as a way to control other people around them. And the author mentions that anyone's sort of stuck between the high chair tyrant and this version, this shadow pole, will oscillate between tyrannical outbursts and depressed passivity, or from apparent weakness to rageful displays. Now, in order to access a divine child appropriately, we need to acknowledge him, right? But not identify with that need. Uh, we need to love and admire the creativity and beauty of this primal aspect of the masculine self. Because if we're not connected with this, we're never going to see the possibilities in life. Everything will be gray. We won't have the energy that we need to seize opportunities. The faith and beliefs in ourselves that we are even worthy of getting these opportunities, right? To take that chance to see life in a new and positive way. Uh, however, you have to understand that the world does not revolve around you, that other people have needs that need to be met, and that when things do not go your way, you do not just lie down in a depressive puddle, nor do you throw tantrums like a child, but you find a better, more solid way to get this thing done. Now, understand that you do have greatness within you, and we need to encourage each other to see the facts that we are good at things that were not useless or lazy or any other things that you may have been taught. Um, and that there are certain aspects of your life that you are much better at than you give yourself credit for. And if you ask your friends, they probably see these areas that you are great in, that you are unwilling to acknowledge in yourself. Just don't get so attached to this greatness that you aren't willing to surround yourself with people who can um, help you see some of the areas where you're deficient so that you can grow into a well-balanced person. Uh, one who doesn't act like a tyrant, but understands that they could be really good at some things and there may be other things that they aren't really good at. Not the type of person who surrounds themselves with yes men, but a group of people who are willing to grow and learn of things uh, together. So it is, it is possible to be good at something without identifying with that thing as self. If you are good at art, right, you can be creative without identifying with the art itself. This allows you um, an objective perspective on anything that you're doing. This uh, section of the book ends in something similar, saying that, and I quote, we need to ask ourselves two questions. The first one is not whether we are manifesting the high chart tyrant or the winkling prince, but how, uh, because we all manifest both to some extent and in some form. At the very least, we all do this when we regress into our child, when we are fatigued or extremely frightened. The second question is not whether the creative child exists in us, but how are we honoring him or not honoring him? Understand what you're good at and then make efforts to improve on this, right? If we're not feeling him in our personal lives and our work, then we have to ask ourselves how we are blocking this aspect of ourselves. And it can be hard to uh, objectively determine these things yourself, which is why you ask a friend or someone who knows you well 
or someone that you interact with before if you don't see these things in you. All right, so the next part of boy psychology that we go into in, the, in its fullness at the top of the pyramid here is called the precocious child. And this uh, corresponds to the magician in the male psychology, the grown adult man psychology, which we will get to. But when the, a boy is ready and eager to learn um, and wants to share what he has learned with others, they say that that child is ac accessing this type of energy. Um, you know, you're a good student. You're willing to engage in class discussions. The precocious child archetype is said to be the origin of our curiosity and our adventurous impulses, urging us to be explorers and pioneers of the unknown and the strange and mysterious. The, the urge to know how and why things work the way that they do um, and why people are the way that they are and why you have the feelings that you have. The precocious child in a man keeps his sense of wonder and curiosity alive, stimulates his intellect, and moves him in the direction of the mature magician so the active uh, shadow pole that we have here is the know-it-all trickster so the the know-it-all is the aspect of the trickster in a boy or a man that enjoys intimidating others um, under the power of the know-it-all you shoot off at the mouth a lot and always has his hands up in class but not because he wants to participate in discussion but because he wants his classmates to understand that he is more intelligent than they are um, the, the type of person who plays um, inappropriate practical jokes uh, gets people to believe in him by selling uh, by selling them on the, the surface of things, but not ever really following through on what you said that you could deliver. This type of person obviously makes many enemies, given that he is verbally abusive of others whom he regards as his inferiors. And there are times where that type of behavior is going to come back to bite you in the ass. As an adult, this may be the type of person who walks around with an air of superiority uh, that basically screams, I'm too busy to talk to you right now. He frequently seeks to dominate conversations, turning friendly discussions into lectures and arguments into diatribes. Basically, this person is an ass. They can't help but try to show off to people how much better than they are than you, quote unquote, because that makes them feel secure. Uh, not because they actually are secure in what they know, but because if they feel that they could put you underneath them, then they are somehow better than you. Now, there can be some positive aspects to this. Uh, that type of, of making fun of people, telling jokes, uh, lightens the mood and allows us to laugh about some of our mistakes. And also, uh, this type of person is able, this type of energy is easily able to spot lies. After all, it's hard to lie to a liar or trick a trickster. The problem is, is that if you don't rein this type of energy is, you don't have any friends or the very type of support that you would need to move forward in your life because you've alienated everyone by being an ass. Long story short, no one likes a know-it-all. And if uh, they haven't asked for your advice or your opinion on a situation, you just don't need to give it, man. The type of person that enjoys seeing people fall from heights, from importance, seeks the destruction of the man of importance, not because he wants to replace him with something that works better. This type of person doesn't want responsibilities, uh, just wants to make things shitty enough for other people. It is said, and I quote, that the trickster, the trickster gets activated developmentally within us when we have been depreciated and attacked by our parents or older siblings when we have been emotionally abused. If we don't feel our real specialness, then you want to deflate and make sure that other people do not feel special. Um, it's only when you come to admire the things that are good about you 
that you'll be able to admire the things that are good about other people without feeling threatened by someone else being special. Now, the opposite, the opposite pole of this is called the dummy, the more passive pole, right? Um, like the weakling prince, lacks personality, vigor, and creativity. He seems unresponsive and dull. Uh, you know, you can't seem to learn multiplication tables. Is frequently labeled as a quote-unquote slow learner. Um, not because you actually are, but because you just don't try. The type of person who may pick up more than what they uh, they let on. However, the, the dunce-like, the dummy behavior may mask a hidden sense of uh, grandiosity, right? Like, I feel too important to bother to try in this case because it's beneath me, which is really just a defense mechanism from trying to keep yourself from feeling vulnerable. If everything is stupid uh, that you don't need to worry about if you tried and failed or didn't even try at all because it was dumb to begin with. All right, so that is, uh, that's two of the boy psychologies there. Uh, we'll leave off there for this week. So we covered the divine child and its two shadow poles, the high chair tyrant and the weakling prince, as well as the precocious child and its two shadow poles, the know-it-all trickster and the dummy. Now, remember, these are the boy psychology uh, basis that the man psychology is built of on top of, like the proper accessing of these type of emotions and ways of being in the world are going to allow us to build proper male psychology on top of it. So the divine child keeps you young at heart, like it says, the understanding that you do have some greatness about you, everything doesn't suck, that you can take risks, take chances, um, and you're worthy of those things. Uh, you're worthy of those things, right? Like if you really want, you can try. It may not always work out, but you will never know unless you give it a shot, one. Um, and then two, the precocious child, uh, which is what the magician is built on. This is where the inquisitive nature comes from, the willingness to learn, the willingness to put yourself out there, uh, to practice and develop your skills. Because without actual proficiency, you're never going to get anywhere without the willingness to put in the work to be actually good at something. Uh, nothing's going to happen for you. So we'll pick up from where we left off next week. I love you guys. Be good to each other. And I'll see you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.